Hey, this is Dana Miette, and you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. If you want the real long version of what this podcast is about, go on over to the first episodes, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet now that we got a couple episodes under our belt. This podcast is made for teens, but it's really welcome to anyone who wants to learn more about their faith as we tackle the tough topics about life. If you have any topic requests, please email me at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. Any Bible will do, but if you want to follow along what Bible I will be reading out of, it will always be the New American Standard Bible. May God bless you, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well. Today's topic is a heart that needs molding, and as always, we'll start with a prayer. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing opportunity for us to take time out of our busy and wild days and come together to learn more about you and what you teach us through your amazing scripture. God, bring our hearts to you, and in ways we need molding, Lord, help us see those ways and be molded to be more like you. God, it's not always easy to be molded. but we know that the more we mold our heart to yours the more we become like you we pray that as we listen to this podcast today that you open our hearts our minds and our souls to go about our day and give all the glory to you in your name we pray amen all right so we talked about a lot of the heart last time and this time i wanted to talk about a heart that needs molding and that's about the nicest way i could title it is a heart that needs molding jesus tries to teach us you know a lot of i call it doing things backwards a lot of the opposite of what the world calls us to do. The world calls us to hate our enemies and Jesus calls us to love our enemies. A lot of people looked up to the Pharisees and wanted to dine at their table and Jesus would rather dine with the sinners because he knew he could heal the sinners where the Pharisees were too prideful and weren't going to turn back from their ways. Their hearts were not in a place they needed to be. It's not that they couldn't be molded. It was that they didn't want their hearts to be molded. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 23 today to talk about a heart that needs molding and pretty much it's a heart that's just in the wrong place. So we talked about last time where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. There's so many different dimensions to the heart and how God protects it. And we talked about a lot of times, you know, we want to pinpoint everything to the person, but we forget that yes, the person can have a bad heart and, you know, can do bad things, but it's ultimately the sin and not the person. That's why you'll see some people, you know, make terrible choices, but then they repent of their sins, realize in God's mercy and forgiveness in that they can truly change their life. And then all of a sudden their heart is fine. So, you know, we always say the heart equals bad person, but really, Really, it's that sin that is trapping them in, you know, their heart is hardened because of it, but it's the sin. It's not the person. The person can be changed. So we do have to protect our heart, but that is also comes from God. God has to help us with our hearts. We cannot do it on our own. We need his grace and his mercy to repent and also to help guard and protect our heart from the evil one. But it is good to recognize, like I said, you know, what, so what is a bad heart again? And it's just when a person chooses to walk away from God. And like I said, and I keep saying where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. That's kind of my gut check. If, you know, I'm in high school and all I worry about is sports and I, sports are great, but I never give any time to God. If I'm putting all my effort in what people think about my sport life, well, then that's my treasure. It's not God. It's, 
it's that. Or if I put all my strength and effort into a romantic relationship, romantic relationships again are great. But again, if I'm not giving any time for God, well, that romantic relationship is taking present over him. It's not that you can't have those things, but whatever you put all your time and effort to, that's going to be your treasure and that is going to be ultimately where your heart. And we talked about all the time, you know, you, you got to be careful because a lot of times our heart is for status and we're going to see today that take place. And one story I always like to tell is um my story with middle school. So in middle school, I was bullied really hard. I went to a Catholic school. There wasn't a whole lot of people in the Catholic school, but in middle school, I was bullied extremely hard because I was the tomboy type. I like to dress very casual and comfortable. I like to play football with the boys. And what happened was the boys were all my friends because I didn't like the drama and the stress. I still struggle with girlfriendships today. Too much drama and stress for me. I, I, I just can't. And I know I have it in me too, so I can't hate on girls. But the boys were just a little more carefree. I liked playing sports. So I played football with the boys every day and it was fine when, you know, it was elementary. But when we hit middle school, what happened was the girls all wanted to date the boys. Well, the boys were all friends with me. And I feel like that's what caused that tension, that jealousy, that comparison. And I started to get bullied. You also, when you hit middle school, have that self-awareness. You don't want people to bully you. So then in turn, you pick the target you think can be bullied. So I was constantly bullied for being a tomboy, playing sports. I won in eighth grade, like athlete of the year by a landslide. Like it wasn't close. I was literally like the only, there was one other girl maybe that could have had a chance, but everybody was like, it was clear cut. Like I was the athlete of my school. And the point was I was bullied hard for it, but Hurricane Katrina came right when I was going to high school. And so we switched locations to where we lived. And when I moved to my new high school, same person, same everything. I was at the top of the totem pole because at that high school, sports were everything. And I was a really good athlete. I started on on the soccer team. I started as a freshman. And so like my stock was super high. And so I tell people all the time, we, we base our worth and we put our treasure in our status and what people think of us. But really that's so fickle and it it makes no sense because I literally was the exact same person in one spot I was bullied and the other spot I was praised. And that's what we do with our hearts is we, we seek all these things we think are going to give that reward internally. We're trying to get that status so that we think other people think we're good. And then we also feel good, man, I got that great job or man, I'm starting varsity and we feel that reward. But internally it's because we want that high status. We want the praise of others. We're seeking their approval and it's just so fickle because like I said, in one spot I was bullied hard and the next spot I was praised. And it was ironic because one girl that used to bully me went, moved to the same spot I did and was, you know, getting bullied. And I refused to bully her even though she bullied me. Um, it's funny how the tables turn. But again, when we put our heart and everything, our worth in that, what other people think, if that's our treasure, we're going to be disappointed. And that's kind of what the Pharisees was doing. And he was trying to teach them your heart is so wrong. And so, like I said, we'll look into Matthew 23 right now. We're going to start with verses 1 through 12. It says, Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to the disciples, saying, The scribes 
scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, whatever they tell you to do, apply with it all. But do not do as they do, for they say in things and do not do them. And they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with so much as a finger. And they do all their deeds to be noticed by other people, for they brought in their self and lengthened the tassels of their garment. And they love the place of honor at banquets and the seats of honor in the synagogues and personal greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by the people. But as for you, do not be called rabbi for only one is your teacher and you are all brothers and sisters. And do not call anyone on earth your father for only one father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called leaders for only one is your leader and that is Christ. The greatest of you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus tells us straight up like, hey, do what they say, but not as they do. And so what he's trying to point out is the Pharisees were saying the right things. The Pharisees were actually very knowledgeable. They, you know, people looked up to them because they were the holy people. They knew the word of God, you know, like the Old Testament word of God very well. But the thing was, they were not practicing what they preach. He says, do what they say, but not as they do. That's what it says in verse two and three. And then in verse four, it says they tie up these heavy burdens and lay them on people, but they don't try to help with them at all. And it says in verse five that they do all this to be noticed by other people. So again, what Jesus is trying to point out is where your treasure is there, your heart will also be their treasure. Their main focus wasn't doing the will of God. They knew the will of God, but they were only preaching it to be noticed. They weren't actually internally taking the time to be one with God. They were just taking the time to learn it. Like, oh, I know all this knowledge. Now I'm going to go out and preach it and I'm going to show off that I know it. But all the things that I've learned, I don't actually put into practice. So instead of taking the time out to help the poor, instead of taking the time out to forgive others or, you know, show mercy and show grace and show forgiveness, instead, they're more focused about being at the, the best table in the house and that everybody calls them rabbi teacher like they teacher was a high status so they want it to be the best and Jesus is saying if you're going to be my disciples you're actually doing the opposite don't be teacher because there's only one of those don't let anyone call you father uh, or call anyone else father so like they're all equal because there's only one father so what God is trying to tell them is no one is better than the other person we're all called and we all have special things and instead we must not focus on the glory of ourselves but the glory of God and that what he's teaching it would be more important to do than to preach for social status should we still preach it? Yes. But if we're not practicing it, our heart is not in the right place. Our heart isn't for doing God's will. Our heart is for serving ourselves. And that's why verse 12, he who exalts himself will be humble. So these people who are out there, they are getting worldly praise. And as Jesus would say that, you know, is their reward. But when they get to heaven and they go to the door, God's going to say, I don't know you because they might have learned the law and they might have taught the law, but in their own heart, they didn't know God. They never seek a relationship with him. They never worked on their heart. Their heart is not molded for God. Their heart is not for doing his will. Their heart is for serving themselves. Like it says at the end, he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the person who is trying to get the relationship right with God, whose heart knows that, you know, they might fall short, they might make mistakes, but they know that God loves them and they just want other people to feel that love and they want to do his will. And, you know, when you forgive somebody, when you don't want to, or when you choose not to bully someone who bullies 
bullied you. That's the heart god one. He doesn't care that you're sitting high at the table. He 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 came in Bethlehem, the lowest city for a reason, and we should do the same. He's not worried about the high social status of the world. He's worried about your heart bringing souls to Jesus and giving the compassion that he wants us all to have. He gave us grace. He came and died on the cross for us and he wants us to serve and not. And to save time, I did not go through this whole Matthew 23 and I did not go through all the woes, but there is this section in Matthew 23 that has some woes and I'm like, oh man, because every time he says woe, I'm like, oh, you know, like Jesus said woe to you. Like he is not playing. He does not want you to do these things. And that's, that's the thing. I always try to point out two things. Usually in one sense, we make God like this bad God, like, but we do it in the opposite way. We, we think when we sin, we can't come to him. If you sin and you are truly sorry, he's a very loving, compassionate God. So we see him as this hard God when it comes to that. But sometimes, you know, we also see Jesus as this loving God when it comes to his word to put it's almost polar opposite. Jesus will straight up tell you when you're doing wrong. He was hard on the Pharisees all the time. So Jesus is strong-willed when it comes to people who are completely disregarding his law. But for the people with goodwill, he is super loving. And I feel like we almost do that back ways. The people with goodwill who are truly trying feel ashamed to come with him for his sins. But God wants that. It's the people who are rejecting him and not trying at all and going and teaching the opposite. Those are the ones he's harsh on. He wants you to come to him and seek him through your failures. And I feel like we flop that. But anyway, here are some of the woes. Um, And, you know, he's trying to warn them. So even though he's he knows they're, you know, probably you're not going to turn to him. Um, He is still trying to warn him. And again, this shows you just why their heart needs to be molded. Last time we learned more of the good heart and how to kind of have the good heart. This one shows a heart. I hate to say a bad heart because any heart could be changed, but a heart that needs to be molded. These hearts were not focused on what truly mattered. So it said in verse 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tie mint, dill, and cumin and have neglected the weight of provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting others. You blind guides who strain a gnat and swallow a cat. Oh boy, I love that. You blind, that little last phrase, you blind guides who strain out the gnat and swallow a camel because I literally see someone this tiny with a strainer with this tiny little gnat. And that's what we do and we don't mean to, but I've been there. We nitpick people. We start looking at them and we start judging and we nitpick everything we're doing. They're doing, but we're over there swallowing an entire camel. Um, And I've been there. And that's what keeps me so humble is because people say all the time, well, Dana, I don't really feel like you judge. And I said, you want to know the trick to not judging somebody? Ask God to show you your flaws and to constantly work work on them. I am so busy (laughs) trying to fix all my flaws because I swallow a camel every day because I'm human and I have trials. And like Paul says, sometimes we want to do the things we shouldn't do. Um, And I'm so busy giving my time to that and also preaching the, the word of God that I don't have time to worry about the other people. But the Pharisees were so worried about appearance that they were literally trying to find any flaw in someone else to make them look better and to also judge them. So in, their heart was not on helping that person. Their heart was on judging and condemning. And like it says, they actually, they tithe mint, dill, and cumin. So they were tithing stuff. So they were giving it be like at church if you gave money to your church. So they were preaching and giving money to their church. From the outward appearance, they sound pretty good. But he says they did not show justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then he talks about how they strained the gnat. So again, they were judging these people, but they weren't showing them mercy. They weren't being faithful to them. They were 
just judging and condemning them and showing them no love. That does not sound how Jesus calls our heart. If someone's doing something wrong, should you pull them aside and try to help them out? Absolutely, but you're doing it out of love to help them, not to just judge, condemn them, and be done with it. Verse 25, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup in the dish, but the inside they're full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup of the dish so the outside may also become clean. So again, the Pharisees never worried about their heart. They were always worried about their outside appearance. Did they appear to be a good person? Did they appear knowledgeable? Did they appear to be the popular kid? But their inside, their heart, their relationship with God, they didn't care about. They were as full of robbery and self-indulgence. They were worried about eating the best foods. They were worried about being popular. They were worried about, you know, having money and having, you know, all this status, this wellness, but they never tried to fix their inward self. They never took the time to sit with Jesus and have a relationship with him or see their flaws and how they could fix them. Their heart was not for loving and serving and being a follower of God. Their hearts was loving and serving themselves and getting the pleasures of this world. And that is definitely a woe. Um, but we often, you know, we don't mean to, but we often do that too. And so it's a very big woe that we have to be careful of is that outward appearance is, you know, really hard to not want, but we have to first focus on the inside. Verse 27, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but the inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous people, but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and lawless. So again, he is making it clear. And like I said, Jesus does not hold back. He, he said, you are like full of dead men's bones. Like he ain't playing. And it's the same thing in verse 25 and verse 27 is what he's saying is their outward look great, but their inward is so rot. They're doing all the unclean things. So it doesn't matter how you look on the outside. It's like when we say a sheep and a wolf in sheep's clothing, same kind of thing is they are trying to appear like they're so good, but they're not working on their inside. They're not taking the time out. They're full of being a hypocrite and lawlessness. They're, pro they're saying to do these things, but they're not doing them themselves. And the deeper you come in your faith, the more responsibility you have. Like me doing this podcast and you listening to it, um, you know, I have a higher responsibility. If I preach this and then I go about and not, you know, live the lifestyle of blessed are the peacemakers and love is not self-seeking and, you know, not judging and doing all those things. If I continuously live a different lifestyle and, you know, the people listening to this podcast who's been listening for a couple of years now found out about it, it will make, you know, things different. It'll make you not trust people of the church. People of the church have a high responsibility. So as you grow in your faith, you have a high responsibility. People are watching you and people are looking towards you. And when you fail and the church fails, it makes a huge impact. That's why I always say the stronger you come with your faith, be ready for the devil to attack you more. But just know that God's with you and it's absolutely worth it. But don't think he's going to stop because if he could take down one big fish, it makes all the little fish fall with. So that's what they're going to try. That's what the devil's going to do. He's going to attack everybody, but the people who can affect him most, the people who are going to spread the word of God and try to help change lives are the people he's going to attack the most because if he could get them to stop, that's less people that will follow Jesus. So just remember that. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 41.10, which says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and comfort you in times of distress. But what I want you to understand in that verse that uh, I just hit me differently not too long ago is it says, Do not be afraid, but why? For I am with you. Does that mean that there won't be things that are fearful? No. There's going to be fear. Are there reasons you should be dismayed? Yes, but he is your God. So the reason we don't fear and the reason 
reason we don't get this made is because we know who is in ultimate control and that is God. So I hope this shows you a heart that needs molding and this was not a judgment podcast. If you know some of those things you need molded, like I said, I eat the camel all the time. I have to continuously work on my flaws, but I know my heart is for Jesus. I know I spend time and I try to practice what I preach and practice what God preaches to us, but hopefully it helps you see the difference between a heart on the right track and when it needs molding. And if yours needs molding, if you humbly accept that, I mean, come to Jesus. He loves you. He, he doesn't care about your past. He just wants your present. And if you learned something from today that God was trying to tell you, all he wants you to do is repent and come to him. He's not here to judge. He's here to love. He only judges when we do the outwardly and not the inwardly. And he's doing it because he wants you to live a holy life, not a sinful life, because that's going to bring you joy. What's going to bring you to him. And that's how you obtain eternal life is from having a relationship. So I hope that helps. Get your heart right. Get your life right. I'll try to do the same. Until next time. Peace. Peace.